Happy Wednesday morning. And back at it again in the mini. Rico Bessé. Here to share some wisdom, impart some motivation. Share a little bit, empathize, and uh, collaborate. Working together, coming together. Man, so many of us want to just go it alone sometimes. Don't want any help, don't want any assistance. Just being a bunch of crazy people. Trying to make all the mistakes on our own. Took me way too long to realize army of one is no way to lead life or to become a leader in life. All right, so let's get to it. This episode, I want to talk about being a leader, uh, what it means to you, what it means to me. I know I've obviously probably talked about it before in the past, always kind of delving in it a little bit. Very often, obviously, it's the whole reason why I do what I do, I am who I am, and what brings my passion, my vision, my why. But, but in the rut of things, in the day-to-day, in the crunching of the numbers and providing product or service, interfacing with customers, other departments, work, wife, family, kids, you know, we get pulled in a lot of directions once again, you know, our time gets very thinned out and what we prioritize typically is the most current thing that is coming at us, that is demanding that attention. And that's where we as leaders can sometimes retreat Retreat to a safe space, shall I say, because we are trying to really have control of our time. And so it sounds weird what I'm saying. Let me reiterate. You've got, you know, say 50 things on your plate. Well, which one do you handle first? Which one's got the current deadline? Which one can you answer real quick and get off your plate? Right, so we do these calculations very quickly, very on the fly as far as what can I get done? What do I need to get done? What can I, what can I do simultaneously? And then it's all about getting these things done, get them done, get them done, get them done. Task, task, task. Deadline, 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 right? So what happens to the interactions that are the most valuable? What happens to the time that maybe we plan or set aside or we slide or adjust or move around because mentoring our people, talking to them, having these interactions. 
that's not critical, right? That's not like it has to happen now. And for anybody that's a parent, it's, it's just like playing catch with your kid. Man, that's probably one of the best things you can do as a, as a father, as a parent, you know, being active with your child, doing something. I say playing catch, because I remember that growing up as a boy with my father. But bike riding, going to the park, you know, I have experiences of being at the park with my son, my daughter on the swing, chasing them around. Like those moments are more valuable than anything, right? But they don't, I don't have to do it today. You know, it could always be, we'll do it tomorrow or we'll do it this weekend or let's plan to do it next week because it's not critical. It has no due date, it has no urgency. And so you can see how as a parent you go, oh shoot, you, you know, bills, grocery shopping, laundry, cleaning, resting, <laughs> All these other things in our life outside of work. All the bureaucratical administrative things. I mean, I even think about like taxes or getting your car registered, going to get your state inspection. Like even these things, right? They all have due dates on them. Like you must have it done by this or else. So then, oh shoot, I haven't gotten my state inspection. I gotta get that done. And so it's a requirement, it has to get done. But on the realm of satisfaction, investment, time and effort, it's pretty much meaningless. You know, I don't, I don't hold on to the memory of when I renewed my vehicle registration or state inspection or paid the property taxes on my vehicle. They were checking the blocks, move on. But they demanded priority over things that didn't have a due date, like spending time with the wife, spending time with the kids, enjoying quality time that's near and dear and is truly what you want to devote your time to. So I'm highlighting this because not only is it applicable in life, because I'm sure anybody who's a parent and goes, I'm too tired to do this with your child. When's that moment gonna come again? Is the next moment guaranteed? Never. But in the same aspect as being a parent, which is very relatable to being a leader. Those that you're in charge of, those that report to you, when's the last time you had a solid interaction with them? When's the last time you had a one-on-one, -on -one, a mentoring session? Made time for them. And I speak to this because it just happened to me yesterday. 
and it happened to me in a good way where in the morning I had a uh, candidate interview for one of my open positions my open manager positions but like all my interviews they're also a good feedback one-on-one session and a good opportunity a great opportunity to get to know that individual right? I mean that's the whole point of the interview so these individuals that you work with but then you get to dig deeper and you get to devote that hour and yesterday it, was, it went longer it went like almost an hour and a half of really getting to know this individual and that's fantastic I mean what came out of that interview was awesome for me personally for the candidate it could be whatever they want to get out of the experience but for me it, you know getting to know getting to dig getting to share had tremendous value as a leader and then later in the day I had uh, some scheduled time on my calendar for another mentor of mine that I, I picked up a while back right when I got at Corsite. At Corsite, I wasn't even really in a leadership position. I wasn't mentoring anybody. And I realized that I had a void left by the military as being a mentor, role model in that aspect. And so I saw a young technician that I knew I could hopefully impart some wisdom, give some guidance, facilitate some voids in my life as far as a leader and mentor, and be of service. And so yesterday, continuing that relationship, you know, well over a year later now, and it's awesome making time for that individual, going back and forth. Then on top of that, later in the evening, on the second shift, I also gave my time to another technician that I've invested time with before. And so in one day, I devoted actually an hour and a half, an hour and a half, three hours, and then another hour and a half there. Four and a half hours of my 12, 13 hour day. Or four and a half hours, right? Like that, for some people, that's half their work day. But four and a half hours, I dedicated to what I love best. And there are so many things on my plate that I need to get accomplished. And in between all those conversations, I was getting things accomplished. There's still a lot of things I need to accomplish. But making it a priority, realizing that as much as I need to get a lot of things done <laughs> and I have a lot of due dates coming up, that, that what matters most, right? Now, so that's the tricky part of being a leader or being a parent, right? You can't deprioritize everything for the sake of spending time with your family, right? You don't get to say, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pay my taxes, I'm not gonna register my car or get my state inspection or 
pay my property taxes or you know worry about paying bills right and when I say it you're like yeah of course but you know you, you that balance of there's things in my life that require attention there's things in my life that have due dates but when it's not an immediate it has to be now or even better yet when we're able to solve those problems as soon as we can without having any impact on the other time is when you're no longer at the mercy of it you're not you know reactive to situations you're proactive as far as getting the things that just got to get done done so when you have the chance or the opportunity arises to spend time that it's not a sacrifice it's not a oh I got things I got to do oh uh, you know I really really got to get this other thing that isn't fun or popular or really anything that I'm excited about doing done Another little quick tidbit here, right? And I kind of alluded to it earlier, talking about parenting and leadership. But, ladies and gentlemen, if uh, if you are a parent, you know you are a leader of your tribe, right? Even if it's a tribe of one, two, three, what have you, um, but even including your spouse, right? also in that regards as you get to raise another human being it will test you it will really push and stress you on being a leader something that I had an issue with military was when I would hear other fellow leaders say well they're an adult I'm not going to treat them like a child or you know I expect better out of my kids I can't believe how this individual would work or operate and I remember one time getting into an argument with somebody saying you know some of these young adults right they're 18, 19, straight out of home, right? Like, they are, they are technically still kids. They're not adults. And on top of that, I don't know how they were raised. I don't know what kind of background they have. Maybe there are things in life that we're assuming that they are were taught, and they weren't. Or we assume, right? We assume and say, oh, they should have been taught that. They should know better. Yeah, maybe they should, but that doesn't change the fact if they don't, if they didn't. Maybe they didn't have parents. 
Maybe they were foster kids, adopted. One of their parents died. Their parents divorced, broken home. Maybe their parents were bad leaders, didn't provide any guidance, didn't give them a good role model. But guess what? They've joined the military. We're placed in charge of them. We now get to be their parent. And oh man, oh no, 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 I'm, I'm not their parent, I'm their boss. I tell them what to do and they need to do it. Is that how you run your home? Is that how you raise your kids? And then you may be saying, well, you know, how I would raise my kids is not how I would lead. Why, why not? If somebody at work you're trying to explain something to over and over again doesn't get it, after the fourth or fifth time, do you just give up and say, oh, you're never going to get it? Because I know you wouldn't do that for your kid. You would keep working and keep practicing and keep investing because you care. See, that's the problem right there. And that's the, the disassociation where we go, well, you know, I love and care about my family, but the people that work for me, you know, I don't love them. And, well, I shouldn't be expected to love and care about them the same way I do my family. Guess what? I'll be real with you. Don't be a leader. Don't have people in your charge. If you're not willing to put yourself in a compromising position to really care about somebody else, like they were family, like it mattered, then don't do it. You're right. If you just want to love your family, if you just want to care about them, and you don't want to share that emotion, that feeling with anybody else, don't. Don't have to. Don't be a leader. You're not built for it. Because you're going to do them a disservice at some point when they really need you or it really matters. Or when they, in a very weak and vulnerable spot, lend out a hand to you or ask for help and because your care isn't fully there that you're going to do them a disservice and you're going to let them down. Simon Sinek, a, a really great author, great speaker, great motivator. He digs a lot of his leadership, knowledge, and expertise from the military. And he talks about the fact that in the civilian sector, you know, we have colleagues and coworkers. And in the military, we have brothers and sisters. And it's not that in the civilian sector, it has to be militant or it has to be life or death. But the struggles of navigating through this world are still all the same. And it's really, it boils down to loving, caring, supporting each other, 
having each other's back, right? That's that's the difference between a, a colleague or a coworker. Where you want that promotion, you want that bonus, you want the credit, the recognition. Compared to we succeed, we win, we all share in the glory. And that's the difference in the mindset in the military where the stakes are a little different. But it but what's attacking you, I mean, it doesn't matter what's attacking you or your organization, right? So like for me now being in a civilian sector, I have competitors that are trying to put us out of business. I have competitors that are trying to affect mine and my coworkers and my colleagues and my peers my brothers and sisters, they're trying to affect our livelihood. If my company does poorly and gets financially ruined and I lose a job, I lose my job, but I mean, everybody else is impacted by that, right? Like, that's the thing that's attacking us. But we don't, we don't see it that light. We don't see it that way. We just go, it's a job. like any other job. And if I didn't have this job, I'd try to go get another job. And that sounds like a really weak, weak way to live. And, and I'll t- to me, it's not even necessarily about the job. Once again, just like the military wasn't about being in the armed forces. It was about serving each other, being in service to each other, getting each other's back. And just, I mean, Simon Sinek says it so well, you know, and I relate to it obviously as, as a 20 year career man is the fact that when people get out of the military, There's a lot of things they speak to that they didn't like, things that could have been better, things that were just god-awful. You know, for me, the time away from my family. I mean, time is a precious, the most precious commodity. And how much of it I sacrificed, you know, in the service of my country, but at the detriment of my family. What they had to sacrifice in not having a, a father or a husband around for a lot of my career. Because I always told myself when I joined the military I would never have a family, I would never start a family. I would never do that to anybody until I got out. Because I experienced it as my dad being in the military. And seeing the strain it placed on me and my sisters and my mom. Because he was on a carrier just like I was. But life happens love happens right and so an immature mind saying I'll never do this and I regret none of the choices I made as far as starting a family young and getting married and and being a dad and a husband but it was a it was a toll it was a sacrifice and so beyond all the things good and bad 
you know, and, and shoot, if you ask any military individual, there's a lot of bad things about it. There's a lot of things that you're like, oh, I just would never want to endure that again or put or ask. I would never want anybody else to endure that, right? But 100% guarantee when they talk about what they like, the very, very first thing is the camaraderie. The very first thing is the people that I got to serve and work with. And I'll tell you what, they're not that much different than you. And I say you as in the individual that maybe never served in the military or got to experience that. They really, the only difference is the attitude and the perceptions. I love when people want to put this aura that military is just a different breed of individual. And it's not the case. It's just being put in a very stressful situation that molds you into a different mindset. But it's a mindset that you can mold in any workspace, in any environment. Let's get each other's back. Let's support each other. Let's be a family. Let's love each other. We don't always have to like each other, but damn it, when it matters, let's love each other. So that camaraderie that people speak to in the military, right, is what I want to build everywhere. I don't think it needs to be unique to my organization. That's why I say everywhere. It doesn't need to be just at Corsite or just when I'm in charge, right? Like when I come and go, whatever happens to me, like that's, that's impact, that's legacy where what I've been able to build stands the test of time, stands the test of me. So it's not a, a matter of me having a direct input and the minute I stop inputting is the minute it all crumbles, right? Because that's not a solid foundation. We're getting close to the end here. I can feel it. So let's bring it home. Make time. Make time when it feels like there isn't any. Own your schedule. Figure it out. If it matters to you, you'll figure a way, you'll make it happen. If it doesn't matter to you, you'll make an excuse. Human Behavior 101. And so there's times when my supervisor is asking me why you didn't get this done. And really, I gotta look in the mirror and say, because I didn't care. 
Because if I really did care about getting it done, it would have gotten done. Just like yesterday. To me, those four and a half hours were the most important thing, the most important thing I cared about. If you asked me what else I got accomplished, it would take me a minute and I'd struggle with trying to think of all the tasking that I got. Once again, if you don't think that's important, developing individuals, being a role model, being a mentor, making time for your employees or your colleagues to foster not just good or great relationships, but fostering growth and development goals and objectives, personally and professionally, inspiring people. If that just feels like too much work or you don't have time in your day to accomplish it, then you shouldn't be a leader. And, I, and like I've said before in other videos and other podcasts, don't call yourself a leader. It waters down the, the title, the, the gravi gravity, the magnitude of, of what it really means to be a leader. If you think being a leader is getting, getting things done, staying on budget, hitting every single due date in excellence or earlier, if that is your epitome of being a leader, no, you're a manager. And you're a good manager. You keep doing that. But call yourself a manager. Don't call yourself a leader. All right, y'all. I really got at you on that one, didn't I? So it's halfway through the week. Next week I'll be prepping to move into my new home. So there's a little personal thing I'll share with you in my life. So hopefully you guys got big and exciting things happening for you as well. You know, it doesn't have to be a purchase of a home. I hope to only do that a couple times in my life. <laughs> All right, really love and respect y'all. I do want and hope to inspire you to do awesome, awesome things, but you got to do it. I can only keep showing you the path. All right, so go be awesome, intentionally. Out.